Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but I do have a guest in the room, a Tiff Myers is here. What's up? It's going to be sad. This, let's, get, let's get sad. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a bummer. <laughs> you all know a Tiff. He's been on this show a bunch of times. You've heard him on You Don't Even Like This Show, on Unpopular Opinion, all, all over the place on this network. Yes. And the last couple episodes, we... We're delving back into the JFK assassination. And so I thought, hey, let's keep it in your parents' time and <laughs> dive into another story from relatively that time, a few years earlier. Sure. The death of George Reeves, or as the title of the episode says, who killed Superman? This is fun yes. because when I came up with the idea for this, I was like, you know who'd be perfect for this? A Tiff, because he's a big comic book guy. So I reached out and was like, you want to do an episode about the death of George Reeves? And you were like, sure. Who's George Reeves? And then I think I said, who the fuck is George Reeves? <laughs> and I felt bad for storing it. I was like, why did I come off that aggressive <laughs> to BS on a podcast? I, was, I felt so bad. I was like, why did I, why did I say this? Who the fuck is George Reeves and who are you? <laughs> yeah, I said, yes, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he was not Jack Superman. Yeah. He was like, he was like dad bod Superman. <laughs> yeah. he was like the first person to play superman on tv and who like when it was like silly superman i feel like yeah yeah it was before superman really uh got his footing in the entertainment yeah. world there was someone else who played superman in like movies before this but george reeves like really popularized the role sure and i mean there were obviously the comic books before that oh of course and it's like but the comic books, I mean, back then they had to like follow adherence to like the comics code more strictly because they're worried that it can get like too dark. That's why like a lot of those earlier issues of Superman and Batman were just like fucking stupid and silly. Where it's uh, like, yeah. oh my god, Batman's trapped in a cake because like <laughs> it's just it couldn't be like as dark as some of like the other more indie comics at the time were. Yeah, and then it turns out the cake was income inequality. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Which I don't know why Batman would be trapped in that. He is no. He that is thriving not, because of that. Not a problem that affects that dude. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, George Reeves. He was an actor best known for playing the role of Superman in the TV series Adventures of Superman from 1952 to 1958. He died at the age of 45, and his death was ruled a suicide. But as you sure. can imagine, from the fact that we're covering it here today. There are lots of questions surrounding his death. A whole lot of people believe he was murdered, and they believe that for pretty good reason, I would say. Like, before yeah. before we get into the details, I'm just going to say right now, I think George Reeves was murdered. He was definitely murdered. Like, everything was just as shady and lazily, like, handed to the cops as possible. Yes. And before we get into that, before we dive into the murder, we should talk about George Reeves a little bit just to, you know, 
humanize him. And also because no one listening to this knows anything about George Reeves, probably. <laughs> Unless you've seen the 2006 film Hollywoodland starring Ben Affleck. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Which, if, you, if you're one of two people that have, God bless you. Yeah, it's one of those movies that I feel like I've seen and I can't remember anything about it, which doesn't speak <laughs> well for that movie. It looked depressing. It looked really, the trailer was like the most depressing thing. It looked, yeah, I couldn't. This guy seemed depressing. Oh, yeah. Wildly so. Especially for like the time, I feel like you never hear about depression from like major people from that era. They were just boozing. Yeah. His film career began in 1939 when he was cast as one of Scarlett O'Hara's suitors in Gone with the Wind. Ever heard of it, everybody? It was a minor role, but also he's in the opening scene. So there's that. Oh. Not that I remember it. My mom fucking loved Gone with the Wind, and I watched it with her once and was like, come on, mom. I don't think I've ever seen it, or if I saw it, I just blocked out a memory. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm just not a fan of movies from this time i feel like movies are a thing that we as a society have mostly just gotten better at over the years and like why do i want to go back and watch shit from when we weren't good at it yeah or like when there weren't any black people (laughs) that too if there's an option for blackface at that era then i'm not gonna watch it like yeah it's not and yeah like a lot of the like citizen kane is the one that comes up the most. I feel like that has become a really polarizing film where half of society is like such an artistic achievement and the other half is like cool, they did dolly shots. Big fucking deal. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's like, oh my god, look how he pans in. Look how they zoom into this window and then they come out the other. It's like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, the ending is still fucking stupid. Nothing. don't even remember that. Oh, Rosebud was his childhood sled or some shit. White nonsense. It falls <laughs> under the category of white nonsense. It sure does. <laughs> Sorry if I lost most of your listeners and or viewers. I don't know if this is video, and I hope not. No. Okay. So like a whole lot of other entertainers of his day, George Reeves was drafted in 1943 and served until the end of World War II, which kind of derailed his career a little bit. But also it seems like he like wanted to go to war. Yeah, he, he signed up. But it's also like... He didn't really go to war. Yeah. Let's just be real. <laughs> he made movies and plays for the military. He was, he was Captain America, Captain America one. <laughs> where they just had him dancing with showgirls to like it entertain the troops. Like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really war. I don't know. Yeah. Can't get PTSD from that. Yeah. Yeah. When I read that part at first, I was like, oh shit, he had to fight in world war two. And it's like, not exactly. He, <laughs> yeah. he just had to live somewhere else and keep doing what he did. During World War II. Yeah, with like free housing, it probably still got paid, maybe. Yeah, one of my favorite conspiracy theories that we've never dove into on an episode, but we should, is the one that claims Ted Williams, when he got drafted, came back and brought amphetamines to baseball. (laughs) Like, that's how, because baseball had a big, big, big amphetamine problem for a long time that they, I think, kind of swept under the rug by way of the steroid scandal. Sure. Like everyone's attention is on that. Now it's like, hmm, Barry Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. It's like, yeah, Roger Maris probably shouldn't either because all your granddad's heroes were hopped up on amphetamines. Yeah. Like, I hate I hate baseball Hall of Fame where they're just so holier than thou. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gross. the worst. And here's the thing. I 
dreamed of going to the Baseball Hall of Fame my whole life. And when I moved to California, I was living in New York at the time, and we were like, fuck it. Before we leave New York, let's drive up to Cooperstown and hit the Baseball Hall of Fame. And the minute we parked, I was like, this is a mistake. This is going to be really, really boring. And it is. It's, yeah. it's like going to the baseball library. Like yeah, it's Baseball as a sport fun. is pretty fucking boring. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just be real. It's pretty, pretty boring. And they can't imagine the museum entertaining. And they do have a, a like exhibit for Barry Bonds, but it's like very reluctant. Like you can tell they didn't want <laughs> to have that there. It's like, get off your fucking high horse, you nerds. No, they're the worst. So he returns home from the war and that coincided with a point in time when movie studios were kind of slowing down or altogether sure. stopping their production schedules. And so more and more time starts passing between George Reeves getting these acting jobs. At one point it got so bad. He took a second job digging cesspools and it's like, what it is, couldn't have been that bad. You know, what is a cesspool? You know, I read, I, I looked it up and I'm still not quite sure. It seems like, you know, a thing where human waste goes, but that's what, I, okay. I don't know how they work. I, I didn't know people had to dig that up. Or make it. I just thought it was a thing that existed like next to like quicksand. Like I just thought it <laughs> existed a while. Maybe he invented them. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I can't imagine your job being that bad or can't finding work where you're like, let's go fucking dig some shitholes to make money. Yeah, I get the sense maybe this guy was kind of bad with money. Just a dick. I don't know. Because they Can't also work in a factory. They also talk about how he was making like four thousand dollars a week, and they're like, but. That was only during the weeks he was filming Superman, which is only like eight weeks out of the year. And it's yeah. like, that sounds bad, but also like 32 grand a year back then. It was, it was like, five. It was five a week. Oh, yeah. So in today's money, like adjusted for inflation, he was making like 400 grand a year. Yeah. What the, just what blowing the, it on who knows what. Yeah. What the fuck's he doing with his money? He did have Boozing, a listening to records. <laughs> yeah smoking his pipe buying black putting, and white tvs putting 78s on the old victrola at night beating women who won't date him stuff like the you know, 50 shit having his wife hospitalized for arguing with him you know just things dudes did in the 50s man shit throwing minorities seen? out of seats <laughs> yeah Exactly. <laughs> Pushing back against civil rights. All the stuff yeah. our parents did. Well, maybe not all of our parents. Yeah, not, not mine. I, don't think. I hope not. Be <laughs> a fucking traitor. So then he gets Superman. He gets the role of Superman. And one would assume, oh, well, he's got to be psyched by that. Like that. Dude. That's a career turn for the for the positive. But no, not really. No. just but Just a sad fucking guy. But also like. I want to say up until maybe the last like 20 years or so, the tides really turned where people were actually happy to do TV. You know what I mean? Like, cause for a long time it was like a fucking people were like, Nope, you're a fucking TV actor. You're going to stick with that shit. Yeah. And for a long time. Yeah, you're right. Like Hollywood actors, like movie actors were really yeah. reluctant to cross back over to TV. And you're right. That did seem like it changed sometime in the two thousands. Super. Like, cause I remember, uh, God, it's going to make me sound like a dick. Remember there was an episode about Entourage about that. Oh yeah, he was he was just like I can't go to TV. I'm a movie actor. <laughs> it's like, and I think like the age of like prestige television changed that because 
Like once yeah. like cable networks started figuring out like, oh, hey, we can put out good shows too. And we can put out stuff the networks, like the big networks won't put out. I think that's when it started changing. For sure. So I couldn't imagine in the 50s when like TV started becoming a thing that he's going to be like, he's like, ah, fuck. I guess this is like, it's like porn for him, you know? Yeah, this would be a little bit like asking a Hollywood actor to do a podcast in like 2010. You're going to be like, yeah. fucking podcast? You crazy? And now everyone has a fucking podcast. It's a way better example than my porn example. You're completely right. I'm sorry. I'm They're both stupid. good examples. <laughs> Why am I? So, I'm dumb. <laughs> he was offered the role of Superman in June 1951 took it very reluctantly because television was also a very new thing. Yeah. And people were like, oh, why do I have to look at moving pictures in my home? You see, I can go to the theater. <laughs> and they just like viewed movies as the superior art form. But he was like, fuck it. I'm broke. I'll do Superman. I guess. Again, it's either digging shitholes or being <laughs> Superman. And he's like, fuck, I guess I'll be Superman. This guy's not a good guy. Yeah, he didn't make the best career choices, I don't think. I mean, no. super, taking Superman was arguably a good choice for him. Like, it it uh, definitely made him a huge star for a while. For sure. And he just was like, well, I guess I'm Superman. Like, And so, yeah, the show finally airs in 1952. And he was very surprised to find that he had become a national celebrity. Just an idiot. <laughs> and again, <laughs> TV was new. So he assumed no one was going to watch it. So that's why he was so surprised by that. It never even thought like this comic book is one of the biggest comic books in the world. There's millions of people buying it a week or a month or whatever. I don't know why he wouldn't correlate those two. And also he's a Hollywood actor at the time. So, you know, he was surrounded by the people who probably took to television first. Yeah. Because shit like that always goes to rich people first. Like, the first TV was probably $1,900 in today's money. So it's only going to be his rich actor friends and shit who have it. So like, wouldn't one of them been like, no, actually it's pretty cool. You should come over and watch mine sometime. <laughs> but he was just like, yeah, TV. Just see, I think his unlikability is also why like no one ever dug deeper into his <laughs> death. Yeah. It's probably not a good thing to say about a dead guy, but people are like, ah, fuck him. Who cares? Ah, this ungrateful bastard. God. Yeah. He was also uncomfortable with the role because he thought it was only earning him kid fans and that he was going to be like forever typecast as a kid show actor. And sure. He did get typecast, but just as the guy who plays Superman, like he had plenty of adult fans, but after a while, studios were like, listen, if we book you in this movie, people are just going to be like, oh, it's Superman. And <laughs> it kind of fucked his career up in that way. Well, he could have kept on doing Superman shit, though. Yeah. And as much as they talk about him hating this role and being depressed over it, some of that is just people trying to explain what happened to him and trying mm. to, like, make it seem more plausible that suicide is what happened to this guy because they also mention like, yeah, he was bummed about this, but also he like was moving into producing and directing and like he directed, yeah. I think the last 15 episodes of the Superman show. So he had plans. Like, it's not like 
he had completely hit a wall. Like he was planning on doing shit in the future. Didn't, didn't he start his own production company? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a good point. But it's also like, he didn't have to get like jacked to be Superman. Right. If he was in the steroid era where now he could just be a dude and be Superman. Yeah. He was all fucking fat. <laughs> flying. Is it a bird? No, it's not a fucking bird. It's a 45 year old dude. It's been drinking a bunch. Yeah. And yeah, but he eventually came to view this role of Superman as like kind of a waste of his time. Like he was just wasting his life playing one of the most iconic characters in history. But again, it was a different time. He didn't know like the comic books were a thing, but he didn't really have any way of knowing that Superman was going to take off, <laughs> take off the way it did. I see you did. Dude, it just seems very silly at the time where there's like four mainstream comic books that are constantly selling out. And he's just like, ah, I don't know if this is going to, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I guess like well, give it a shot. At least don't be right. sad about it right away. They're not asking you to be like fucking Marmaduke or some shit. Like <laughs> you're going to be fine. <laughs> We got to cover the guy who played Marmaduke next. (laughs) So there are a couple really important figures when it comes to the story of George Reeves and how he died. The first is Tony Mannix. At one point during his run as Superman, Reeves struck up an affair with Tony Mannix. And that was risky business because Tony Mannix's husband was a guy named Eddie Mannix, who was a fixer for MGM studios, meaning, you know, if you need someone killed to keep something quiet, you call Eddie Mannix. He had mob ties. He was a bad dude. And so in 1958, he and Tony Mannix ended their affair and he announced his engagement to a woman named Leonore Lemon, who is the other really important figure in this. And so before we get into why that is, let's talk about his death. June 15th, 1959. Reeves and Lemon went out for a night of drinking and returned home around 11 p.m. A couple hours later, two friends, Carol Von Ronkel and William Bliss, stopped by for a drink. Apparently, William Bliss was, like, not part of this friendship group. They didn't really know William Bliss. He was some dude. He was just some dude that a friend of theirs brought over. And then there was also... I like these old-timey names, by the way. Oh, yeah. Carol Van Ronkel. Yeah. Leonard Lemon. <laughs> and they had a writer named Robert Condon was also living in the house at the time. And he was there the night this all happened. He's a Cato Kalen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the point those two friends arrive, Reeves was already in bed and he was bothered by all the noise. So he flies downstairs to ask everyone to quiet down. He's like, Hey, I'm fucking Superman. Can you tone it down? Potentially butt ass naked. Right. He could be naked during all this. Yeah. And if he was, people aren't saying so. And that seems like an important (laughs) detail to leave out. Like was he stark naked when he came downstairs? Cause if he wasn't again, that means he was wearing clothes and then was like, I'm going to fucking end it. I don't want to ruin my sweater. (laughs) (laughs) They got butt ass and then shot himself. Yeah, he comes down. He's mad that they're being so loud, but they're like, George, fucking relax. Have a drink with us. It's fine. So he has a drink with him, and then he went back upstairs. And this is when 
the official explanation of what happened gets really fucking weird and kind of unbelievable. According to the people in the house, after he walks upstairs, Leonora Lemon first blurted out, he's going upstairs to shoot himself. And then everyone hears like the sound of like a drawer opening. And she goes, see, he's opening the drawer to get the gun. And then they hear a shot at which point Leonora Lemon goes, I told you he shot himself. And then they immediately call the police 45 minutes later. That part alone, I'm like, these motherfuckers know what happened and they're lying. A million percent. Because, like, first of all, how loud is this furniture where you're hearing fucking drawers open? You know, it's, yeah. And then to call it, but then to admit that you called it and no one casts suspicion on you. Like, y'all know what the fuck you did. Yeah. And the 45 minute thing? Like, what were you doing in those 45 minutes? Like, if someone is like, oh, the gentleman upstairs just shot himself in the head. Superman, you know, Superman, uh, turns out his <laughs> kryptonite is handguns, actually. <laughs> and then for the next 45 minutes, you're just like, all right, but these drinks aren't going to finish themselves. Like, right. We can call the police later. Yeah, He's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and the weirdness doesn't end there. For one thing, we've already kind of hinted at it. When police show up and find George Reeves, he is stark fucking naked. (laughs) And it's not like there's an instruction manual for suicide. There's no laws. There's no rules. There's no regulations. But goddamn, is it very rare for a person to strip naked and then kill themselves? Yeah, like no one's that considerate to like the mortician that they're like, let me just get (laughs) naked for this guy. I don't need him taking off my clothes. Police also found two gunshot holes in the carpet as well as one in the ceiling. And so that house was on the second floor. Yeah. He was on the second floor. So if he, if he shot downward, you would think the people downstairs that were boozing would at least be like, yo, why the fuck we getting shot at? Right. Or when they tell their story to police, they'd be like, yeah, we heard three shots, but everyone in the house says they only heard one. Like if you heard one, you're going to hear the other two. (laughs) Also, In the week after, when police were still investigating, Leonora Lemon cut the evidence tape seal on the home, went in, took $4,000 worth of traveler's checks, and then fucked off to New York and never returned to California, which that's weird too. (laughs) There were also issues with the autopsy, the main one being that it wasn't conducted until after the body had been thoroughly washed. Who the fuck washed his body? Yeah, no. Like the coroner's not going to do that. So like, no. Who did? Who gave this man a bath before he got? He was naked though, so they were like, might want to get cleaned up. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Spray him down. No, this is just—it's just like everything you want to do for like a cover-up, yeah, and then get everybody involved is are like these steps. Like this is like the perfect cover-up. People also these days make a big deal out of the fact that the coroner didn't really check for gunshot residue or gunpowder residue but i've also read that that wasn't really a thing police did that much at the time anyway like forensic science hadn't really like they knew about it but it hadn't caught on in a widespread way where anytime there's a situation like this they check for that because that would have proven if he shot himself or not he would have had for sure gunpowder residue on his hands and near his head where he fired if he was shooting at close blank range. There was also significant bruising on his face and chest, which 
everyone involved, even the coroner, was just like, ah, I don't know. Who knows? What happened? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you don't know? You have to tell us. You have to find that out and tell us. And again, this is, again, this was like the first major TV star. And like no one dug any deeper onto this dude's death. No. He also didn't leave a note, which people who commit suicide don't always leave notes. But he also showed no signs of being suicidal. And I know, again, like it doesn't always work that way. But, sure. But also there's all the other stuff. <laughs> like you have to take, <laughs> like you can't just take each of these things individually and judge them based on like what you know about suicide. Like you have to take the no signs of suicide, no note, and all the weird forensic shit into account together. Yeah. And then it makes, like, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that anyone got away with this. That's the crazy part. Yeah, like, no one dug deeper. Right. Like, it was just like, they just took them at their word, and then we're like, all right, cool, bye. Yeah, which is... Enjoy your absinthe or whatever. (laughs) Which is a thing that is uh, one of the the big problems with the death of Kurt Cobain also at sure the time Kurt Cobain died or was killed, whatever the Seattle PD had a policy where if like a patrol officer came across a suicide and he decided it was a suicide, they just didn't send homicide investigators. So like the cop that found Kurt Cobain was like, Oh yeah, he killed himself. And they just fucking left it at that and never looked into it more. And kind of the same thing here. It seems like. Jesus. And so there are three different theories about what happened to George Reeves. Obviously the first being he shot himself and that's what the ruling was when it happened. And that remains the official theory to this day. And I just, I don't buy it at all. No, I don't buy it at all either. Another theory is that Leonora Lemon killed him. And I'm honestly on the fence about which of these two these next two theories is correct. Like Leonora lemon seems like the obvious suspect. Yeah. Because of the 45 minutes, like her story is bonkers. Like the idea that she was like, he's going to go kill himself. And he did. And they just chill for 45 minutes. It's not how people react. No. And it's like, if she didn't kill him, then she like had him killed. Right. And Yeah, a lot of people suspect that 45 minutes was the time that the household spent cleaning up the scene and, you know, removing any evidence that a murder had happened and making it look like a suicide. The thing that makes me unsure about that theory is the people in that room who all said Leonora Lemon was like, he's going upstairs to kill himself. Those people aren't criminals. Those people aren't murderers. They're like actors and writers. And shit. The other theory involves actual fucking criminals. (laughs) Leonora Lemon, they definitely had a rocky relationship. And a lot of that apparently centered around her finding out that the guy who plays Superman on TV is not TV rich. He's just like kind of struggling. And she's been painted as a bit of a gold digger over the years. And who knows how true that is. We're talking about 1950s Hollywood Right. And their view of women where they're like, ah, she had hysteria. And it's like, exactly. She's dying, man. Like who knows what she's got. (laughs) Yeah. Actors were kind of paid shitty back then, but also that 5,000 a week, again, it was a lot of money in today's money. So who knows? But 
also everyone in that house was super duper drunk and people do dumb things when they're drunk and sure suicide is one of them but murder could be also you never know i can't reconcile that 45 minutes with them being not involved like there's no fucking way yeah like uh, even if you're like say you have a house party and then that happens but then you hear like a collapse up the stairs you'd go check that out and be like oh fuck did they fall over like what the fuck was that noise yeah and right am i crazy and I think there are like reports that some of the friends in the house did run up and check on him. And it's like, but then you waited 45 minutes to call police. Like that doesn't make any sense. No. And so there's that theory, the theory that Leonora Lemon killed him and her friends who were present that night just helped her cover it all up and concocted this crazy ass story and police just bought it. But also there's the other theory, the theory that Eddie Mannix had Reeves killed over his affair with Tony Mannix. And on the one hand, that makes sense. Like you would hear that and go, well, of course, this guy's super fucking powerful. Like, of course he would have someone killed for fucking his wife, but not so fast. Yeah. Because it turns out Eddie Mannix, like he was working at MGM in the days when the casting couch was like, not only an accepted part of Hollywood, it was like expected. Like if you yeah. had a job like Eddie Mannix, you just got to bone actresses in exchange for putting them in movies. <laughs> and this motherfucker did that openly to the point that he didn't care that his wife was fucking George Reeves. They would no. go on double dates. He would bring his mistresses. Just, she would bring George Reeves. They would go out on dates. Which is fucking bizarre. It's very weird. It's so fucking weird. Like to the point that I'm like, were his dates dudes? Is that what was happening here? Right. Like something like that. Or they were just all just swinging. And Tony Mannix was also one of his mistresses before they got married. So she knew what kind of of dude her husband was. And so on that front, it makes it seem like Eddie Mannix wouldn't have done this because he didn't care about the affair. But the mm. thing is, the, the the big quirk there, Tony Mannix wasn't just George Reeves' girlfriend. She was like his benefactor. Yeah. He was a kept man. She paid his bills. She bought him the house he died in. Like, she did. What a life. I know. Must be Good rough. for him. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, she did all of that with the expectation that they'd get married when Eddie Mannix eventually died of one of the heart attacks he apparently had all the time. Just like <laughs> Dick Cheney levels of heart attacks. Just you fucking, a, a stiff wind hits him and he's like, <gasps> <laughs> this is why, but this is why another reason why I can't really root for this guy is because he fucking got to play Superman banging this rich lady. She buys him everything. And then he's still like kind of a sad dude. What yeah. more do you want? Yeah. Cheer up, man. <laughs> yeah. And so he eventually leaves her despite all of this, despite her believing they're going to get married when Eddie Mannix dies, he breaks up with her and gets engaged to Leonora Lemon. So the other theory isn't so much that Eddie Mannix had him killed because he was sleeping with his wife. It's more that Eddie Mannix had him killed because he broke his wife's heart, which that is kind of compelling. Because she did not take the breakup well. 
She starts calling George Reeves like 20 times a day, trying to get him to come back. She is 1950s hysterical at this point. That is next levels of cuck, if that's true. Yeah, and Eddie, again, has like mob ties. Like if anyone could have gotten George Reeves killed, it was Eddie Mannix. And like, yeah, that is such cuck shit. Come on, dude. Right? Like you're gonna like you're gonna kill the guy that broke your wife's heart, <laughs> even though he's blowing your wife's back out. If you knew, <laughs> that's crazy. It is really crazy. <laughs> but the thing is, it's almost less crazy than the official story, which is that Leonora oh. Lemon was just like, ah, he's gonna go kill himself. You see? That's how everyone <laughs> talked back then. <laughs> They're all in black and white too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, again. It, this also supports your theory that this guy was just dog shit with money. Because if yeah. you're making like 4K a year and then you have some lady that you're boning paying all your bills, what are you doing with that money? Yeah. Why are you digging cesspools? I think he probably stopped after he met Tony Mannix. But... And I even met like during a Superman time because like uh, Leonora was just upset that he wasn't as rich as he was. I don't know, man. Yeah. It, I'm very confused by this guy's fucking motives and choices. There is one detail that kind of supports the idea that the Mannixes were involved. There's a woman named Phyllis Coates. She played Lois Lane in The Adventures of Superman, and she was friends with everyone involved. She claims that the morning after George Reeves was killed, she got a call from Tony Mannix. Here's a quote. She was hyperventilating and ranting. She said, the boy is dead. He's been murdered. (laughs) And she did call him her boy. Like she gave him a pocket watch at one point that had an inscription that was like, to my dear boy. How was she way older? It's like a cougar thing. I think she was like eight years older than him. Okay. So she looks like she would have been. Yeah. I didn't look her up. She would have been in her fifties. I'm assuming or wait. Oh, she's okay. Let's check her out. She's okay. A lot of forehead. Yeah. I mean, she's got more of an eight head, but. Yeah. Beyond that, yeah, she's all right. Now let's look up Leonora Lemon. Hmm. Oh, she's all right, too. Here's the thing. They look almost exactly alike to the point that I don't know that the pictures I just looked at of Tony Mannix weren't actually Leonora Lemon. (laughs) Who knows? But Yeah, they look exactly the fucking same. Yeah. Yeah, so just fucking stay with Tony Mannix, dude. Yeah, you you moved laterally and got murdered. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Was it even lateral? Because he like <laughs> ends up with someone who wants his money. Like she wants Tony Mannix's money. Oh, that that's a good point. Yeah. Dude, dude makes the dumbest fucking choices. Yeah, he took a step back. <laughs> Damn. This is why there was no investigation. They were like, dude, how could you not see this coming? You <laughs> like you fucked up years ago. Yeah. He earned it. <laughs> and so Eddie Mannix, again, did have mob connections. And there were rumors that he had his first wife murdered by those mob connections. She died after being mysteriously run off the road after arguing with Eddie Mannix at like a restaurant. Some of his mob friends owned. It's like, oh, that's not suspicious at all. Dude, murder back in the day was probably the easiest thing to do. Oh, yeah. You just fucking kill someone and drive a mile away and you're innocent. (laughs) yeah there's no forensics no it's like that john mulaney bit where he talks about cops back in the day where someone would be like we found a pool of blood on the floor and the detective would be like interesting now back to my hunch it's like what are you gonna do with that blood you just know there's blood there 
And the question people have about the idea that maybe the Mannixes were involved is, well, how would this killer get into the house without that whole party full of people knowing? And Mm. I think my pushback would be, what if they did know? Like, what if he just showed up and was like, hey, I am a mafia guy and I am here to kill George Reeves. And if you don't like it, I'm going to kill all of you also. And I could see that house full of drunken revelers being like, shit. Okay. Yeah. Because the story they come up with makes no, it makes just as much sense as someone sneaking into the house and killing him unnoticed. For sure. And they could have just said that. Yeah. Somebody snuck in and murdered him. Right. And, but then you have like, then you're a snitch and you have the mob on your fucking back. Like that guy could have been like, and if you don't say that he killed himself, I will come back for you. And like, what do you do? Like if that happened, if that guy was like, listen, I'm going to fucking kill George Reeves because he broke Tony Mannix's heart. Like that fucking (laughs) party full of fucking actors and writers isn't going to do shit. They're going to be like, all right, what do you need us to say? Yeah, let's let's yes and to whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know they were all good at improv. They're actors. Yeah. There are also people who suspect that that stranger who showed up, William Bliss, he was the one guy that that friend brought that everyone knew. There are yeah. people who suspect that he distracted everyone while the killer snuck into the house. And I mean, that would account for those forty five minutes for sure. I mean. That does sound like a super fake name. Yeah, William Bliss. Yeah, Bill Bliss. Yeah, Bill Bliss. Billy Bliss. Come on. He's like, might as well name himself, like, not going to murder someone. Like, that's just his name. (laughs) And the idea that William Bliss was involved somehow was lent a little credence by the fact that 30 years later, Leonora Lemon admitted to a reporter that her story about predicting George was about to go up and shoot himself was actually concocted by William Bliss. And apparently this reporter at no point was like, oh, so what really happened? Apparently they were just like, written down, thanks. And asked (laughs) no other questions. Also in 1999, a Beverly Hills publicist named Edward Lotze claimed that on her deathbed, Tony Mannix confessed to her priest while Lotze was present that she had George killed. Oh, which that's also possible because she would have had the same access to all those killers that Eddie Mannix had access to. Like she would have known someone who, if she was like, listen, you got to kill this guy for me. Like she could have had him killed. Absolutely. For sure. And this guy, Edward Lotze claims she confessed because she was quote, absolutely terrified of going to hell. So I don't, I, I feel like I like Tony Mannix for it. I think I think she might have oh, been the one. For sure. And then there was also something I read that said that, like, George Reeves' mom tried to get it reopened. Yes. She tried to get the case reopened, and then they just shut her down. The, like, no reasoning. They were just like, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's super suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is obviously a huge cover-up of some sort. Like, someone here is lying, and I think it's everyone. I think everyone knows exactly what happened to George Reeves that night. And, or at least everyone knew, I'm pretty sure most of these people are dead now. Sure. And like, there's not going to be enough time that passes where you can finally be like, all right, here's what actually happened. The mafia killed him. Like the mob's not going away. 
Like they're still going to be around and we'll come back for you if you make that confession. And also at that point, everyone in the house is an accessory to that murder. Sure. But they're all probably fucking dead by now. Right. 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 But there's no statute of limitations. Like there's no statute of limitations for murder. So I know Mm. there are people who want to believe like, Oh, if that's what really happened, someone would have said something. Well, for one thing, People did say something. Tony Mannix allegedly confessed. Leonora Lemon allegedly confessed that her story was made up. So people did say something. But also, how much are you wanting people to say? Like, you are literally identifying yourself as someone who participated in a murder. If you're ever going to be like, all right, what actually happened is a guy showed up and killed him and we just agreed to stay silent about it. It's like, well, then you also murdered that guy. Like that's how the law works. Like accessory to murder is just as bad. Yeah, that's true. Like the only way you would fix that would be like testifying against the mob in the fifties, which yeah, no, it's a sketchy proposition. <laughs> and again, what evidence do they have other than your word too? Like they yeah. can't go dig up his body and see if there's any residual like fucking gun casings or anything or gunpowder. Yeah. Like, no, it's fucking done. And like, here's the thing. We're talking about cops and like, oh, well, why didn't the cops see this? Why didn't the cops see that? Because cops are corrupt. Like we're talking the yeah. LAPD in the 50s. And they, they might as well have been studio executives themselves. Like Hollywood got away with so much shit back around yeah. this time. Like actors didn't go to prison. Like, no, never, never. <laughs> so... I think it's pretty clear George Reeves was murdered. For sure. It's just a matter of who did it. Now I kind of want to watch Hollywood Land again. Don't. <laughs> Are you sure? It's good. Don't fall for this fucking trap. You know the story now. <laughs> Am I the George Reeves of this story? Is, <laughs> is the Hollywood Land movie my fucking no, Leonora they, Lemon? I'm going to watch it and be like, oh, I made a huge mistake. But the, how like Adrian Brody plays the one detective that cares. Okay. There was no detective that cared. That's the thing. I mean, they sort of based it off like one guy, but like, you know, none of them gave a fuck. Shout out to Adrian Brody playing Pat Riley in winning time though. Holy shit. He nailed that. I have not seen an episode. It's so good. It it got canceled, which bums me out. It's so good. I had to cancel it. canceling fucking everything to try to save money. Yeah. So I think that's our episode. I'm like, we're obviously not going to solve the case, but it was all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is what's going on. I think everyone in that house was involved, even if just tangentially, even if it was just the killer being like, you shut the fuck up. You don't say anything about what you saw. That is highly believable. That I think is the most believable is that a guy just showed up to kill him and threatened that party into not saying anything. Or like what? Like George was fucking abusive towards Leonora. Leonora grabs a gun, shoots him. Then everybody hides clothes. Like, yeah. but no, no. Yeah. The, Especially when there's a fucking stranger that just showed up. Yeah. The part where he's naked is weird because also, again, we, we talked about it earlier. Like, was he naked when he came downstairs? Cause if so, no one said that. No. And it seems like the amount of time between when she says he's going upstairs to shoot himself. And when he shoots himself, when did he take his clothes off? Like, it seems like they just hear the drawer open and then hear the shot. And it's like, well, when, yeah. when did he get naked? 
according to this timeline. That part's weird. It's, it's all super fucking weird. And like no one, no one cared. You're like, all right. Yeah. They were like, ah, I'm over that Superman show anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> he didn't want to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the most plausible explanation. I think a killer showed up and was like, hey, you might recognize me as being the guy who just killed someone upstairs. And uh, if you don't want to be next, how about you concoct a story? And also that story they come up with sounds like a story for completely drunk people would come up with. Because (laughs) why not just say he came downstairs, went back to bed, we heard a shot. Like why add the whole Leonora said he's going upstairs to shoot himself. It's like, why even say that? Like, why not just say, we don't know what happened. He went upstairs and shot himself. Who knows? But yeah, the fact that this got treated as a suicide and was just written off as that is nuts. Like all that physical evidence, the bruising on his face and on his chest. Where'd that come from? He's not going to pull a fucking fight club and beat himself up and then kill himself. Right. Yeah. The only weird piece of forensic evidence that was maybe explained away were the two gunshots in the carpet. Leonora's claim was that those were from a previous argument where a gun was fired. Jesus. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that could be it, but also, I don't know. I don't know. It's a crazy ass story. Check out Hollywoodland in theaters now. Oh, wait, no, that was 2006. Okay. From off camera. Uh, but yeah, that's how these things work. We're never going to know what happened, but I think we know. I think we know. Yeah. We have an idea. And I think that's our episode. We did it. We made it. Nice. Thank you so much for doing the pod. I appreciate it. Of course. What do you have to plug before we get out of here? I don't shit to plug. You can follow <laughs> my social media if you want. I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking, I don't care. I'm going to be real. <laughs> I do not care about social media anymore. You sound like George Reeves right now. I know. I'm going to get butt ass naked and end it real quick. <laughs> don't. Please don't. No. Uh, What do I got to plug? I have a show November 10th. At Sardine in San Pedro, we're doing another Nerd Rockers ball. That's going to be a damn good time. And then I'm doing a show at El Cid on November 17th. That is uh, Samantha Jane's show. And there will be more stuff, but for now, just uh, come to all that. Come see me. Come see my second return to comedy of the year. I tried it (laughs) in February, then got debilitating mouth surgery. And now I'm Back at it again until another it, dentist breaks another needle off in my face, probably. I hope not. It went very well. You did very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. A tiff. Say goodbye. Peace. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.